Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of our final broadcast teaching in the book of Exodus, Pastor Michael's teaching in chapter 40 called The Glory in the Tabernacle. Now, finally, when the building was constructed, the glory of God fell upon it. A building means nothing if the glory of God is not there. Amen? There are cathedrals all over the world today that nobody goes into anymore for worship. They're beautiful buildings void of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to make an analogy from buildings to you. Do you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? You can be the most beautiful person in the world, but if you don't have the Spirit of the living God living inside of you, there's something missing Have you wondered why you feel a bit empty? Have you wondered why you could do all the external things and impress everybody and their brother? But if you don't have peace with God, you know it. I can tell you the number of times I had all the externals down pat, driving a red Maserati, doing my thing, impressing the girls, doing whatever I was trying to do. And I would look in the mirror at the end of a a night of partying and I would be empty. And I had to turn up the music to try to silence silence that voice because I knew that I was nothing without God. I knew what I was doing was wrong. It might seem exciting and cool at the time. You get the point. So Moses finished the work. How far has Moses come? <laughs> From being at the burning bush, he's like, I'm, I'm the wrong guy. You can get somebody else. I can't talk. I can't do it. To all of a sudden, this whole nation now is has this place of worship. They've been set free. The Exodus is about freedom. You want to be free? So the cloud covered the tent of meeting, And the glory of the Lord, that's our Hebrew word kavod. It means the substance, the Shekinah of God. Uh, It's it's kind of a a divine uh, expression of who God is. It filled the tabernacle. F.B. Meyer says, The brilliant light of surpassing glory, the glory of the Lord, was undoubtedly the divine Shekinah. Shown from within, from with the tabernacle itself, so much so that the very curtains were transfigured by its glow and the whole place was transfigured and rendered resplendent with glory, glorious light. And there God came down. The Bible says when Jesus came and moved among us, he tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory. The purpose of Jesus coming in the flesh in a body, in a tabernacle, was to move among his people, to come and rescue, to save, to teach us what life is about, to teach us that worship is what life is about, to know the glory of God. Moses was not even able to enter into the tent of meeting 35 
because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God was in the house (laughs) and not even Moses who had gone up on Mount Sinai, gone into the other tent of meeting that we've studied and the cloud would come down. But now not even Moses could go in there. The glory was so thick. And you might ask, why? Wasn't Moses pretty much the right-hand man, the mediator? How come he can't go in there? Because there's a lesson. And here's the lesson. Only the high priest, only once a year can go into the Holy of Holies where the glory is. And he can only go in there with the blood of a sacrifice. And we're being taught that even Moses needs the atoning sacrifice. There's kind of a shift, if you will, in the message being sent here. And the message is this, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And I can't approach God in the condition that I'm in, even if I'm Moses, because Moses was still a sinner. All have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. As good as a dude as he was, as humble as he was, he was still a sinful man. And Moses still would need the atoning sacrifice. And so do we. Do you know the Bible teaches this, that God dwells in unapproachable light? 1 Timothy 6, 16. He dwells in light that cannot be approached. If you tried to approach God in his glory, you'd be dead. You'd simply die. He's too powerful. Our God, the book of Hebrews says, is a consuming fire. Do you see the picture behind me? Uh, That doesn't do it justice, but I don't think anybody's going to walk in there lightly. In fact, there were warnings to the high priest that if you walk in here the wrong way, you're dead. (laughs) Why? Because God is holy. And the only way that we're going to stand before this God who dwells in unapproachable light one day and be right and be good and be okay is through the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And so this structure becomes a picture of what must happen. Can you go back to photo number two, Adrian? You must experience the sacrifice. You must have the sacrifice applied to you in the outer courtyard. You must be washed in the blood of the lamb. That's the labor. You must go in and partake of the bread of the presence who is Christ, the living bread who came down. You must embrace the light of the world expressed in the menorah. You must send up your prayers to God to be right with God in the incense altar. And then, and only then, Can you go into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way? When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, signifying what? That the way is now open. We don't have to do it this way anymore. The temple would be destroyed within a generation from the death of Christ around A.D. 30 to the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. This is history. Forty years, one generation from the time that Jesus said, do you see all these magnificent stones? The temple uh, supplanted the temporary tabernacle. The tabernacle moved around till they got to the promised land. Then the promised land, Canaan, they Jerusalem became the temple mount. You know the story. Then the temple was built. It's called the Solomonic temple. It's the temple of Solomon. It was the permanent structure. But that structure 
eventually the temple of Herod, but it was destroyed by the Romans. There is no temple now, and there's no need of a temple. Why? Because the Lord is our temple. (laughs) And we're the temple of the Holy Spirit now. And by one sacrifice, once for all, for all time, Jesus Christ has paid the ransom price. Now, I simply pray, and I go right into the Holy of Holies, and I go boldly. Amen? And I come not to a throne of judgment, but to a throne of grace. And do you know who's there waiting for me? The God-man. Whoever lives to intercede for me sympathizes, empathizes with my weaknesses, hears me when I cry, lifts me from the miry clay. This is our God. All of these pictures in the Old Covenant were to point us to the greater Moses, the great mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, who tabernacled among us, died on that cross, completely innocent, to pave the way so we can get in there. So we can see God face to face. This is the book of Exodus. It's a book of salvation, a book of redemption, a book of glory. When Solomon dedicated the temple, the priest couldn't go in there. It was so thick with the glory of God. But now, now we can go in. One day we will look upon him whom, who was pierced for our transgressions. And so these final verses now as we wrap up, throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud, that's the glory cloud, was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud 37 was not taken up, it did not lift up and move. Then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. The book ends looking forward to their journeys, which will be chronicled in the books ahead like Numbers and Deuteronomy. But we get a summary statement, and it's here. Whenever that cloud lifted up and moved, they packed up and moved. And if it stayed settled on the tabernacle, they stayed put. You know, our walk in Christ is very much like that. There are times that God's going to call you to move. And when he says move, you better move. (laughs) Moses put it this way. If you don't go with us, we don't want to go, Lord. So whenever the Lord prompts you to move, move. If the, you know, they had gotten used to following this glory cloud. It had been the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. They had seen the cloud on Sinai. They'd gotten used to it a bit. But now this is a lesson in walking. Let me explain. Your Christian life, my Christian life is described as a walk. We walk worthy of the calling. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk in the same manner as he walked. And here's simply what he says. When I lead, you follow. Wherever the glory cloud goes, you go. When the Spirit says move, you move. When the Spirit says wait, you wait. (laughs) This is what we all need to learn. Amen? And it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy always discerning what to do and how to do it and when to do it and when to wait and when to be quiet. But you know what? You've got a pretty thick instruction manual right here. So if you spend some time getting to know this better, most of your questions will be answered. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. What we really need is more monthly partners so the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener-supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. When the Spirit says move, you move. When the Spirit says wait, you wait. (laughs) This is what we all need to learn, amen? And it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy always discerning what to do and how to do it and when to do it and when to wait and when to be quiet. But you know what? You've got a pretty thick instruction manual right here. So if you spend some time getting to know this better, most of your questions will be answered. You may not like the answers, (laughs) but they're there. And our job is to follow. You know, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, follow me. He said it over and over again. The greater glory that's coming, which also is prefigured here, is the glory of Jesus when he comes a second time. We've talked about that glory in recent studies on Sunday morning, the glory of the Lord filling a darkened sky, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blessing, the blessed hope of the appearing of the great, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus 2.13. Revelation 1.7 says every eye will see him. They will see his glory. And on that day, of course, our response will be, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. A greater glory is coming. A glory that will fill the sky and fill the whole earth. And a glory that we've got a down payment on because we are jars of clay housing the glory. Amen? And that's what we want. We want more and more of it. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can be uh, more and more led by the Spirit. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for... This whole journey through the book of Exodus, we're grateful for every step of it. Uh, the technical parts, the thrilling parts, like the plagues and the confrontation with the Pharaoh and the parting of the Red Sea and so many amazing moments in this book. There's, there's much that we can reflect on that we've learned and we're grateful for every lesson along the way. I, I suppose the biggest takeaway from this book is that We've experienced an exodus out of Egypt ourselves, away from a life of sin, dominated by the taskmasters that we we carry, Lord, and the burdens that we carry. The Pharaoh becoming a picture of the enemy and 
how there's so much deception and sometimes we get stuck and we become slaves to our sin. And then the deliverer comes. We hear the voice of Jesus through the gospel and he sets us free. And off we go to learn his ways. And ultimately, Lord, we know this, this group of people was headed for the promised land, and that's true for us as well. We're headed to a land of promise. And we haven't yet fully known what it's all going to be like, but we know one day we're going to get there. We know how the story ends. And so we have great hope. I want to pray a prayer of shalom and hope over this group uh, on the heels of, you know, a, a divided country, an election that many find disappointing. But elections are not the end of everything. It's not the end of the world. It's, Lord, we know that ultimately you want to use us in our generation, in our state, in our world. Help us be busy about your business. Help us move when you move. When the cloud moves, help us move. When you say walk, help us walk. We call you Lord, not just Savior, but Lord. So help us follow you. Would you keep your head and heart bowed for a second? If you have not met this God who makes you acceptable before his holiness, if you've not met the Son, Jesus Christ, it's only through his blood that you'll be able to be right with God. Otherwise, you'll have to approach unapproachable light, and it's impossible. But the good news is that this God that would judge you because he's holy is the God who died for you. Do you know him? He is a prayer away. We think of that altar of incense, and it's a prayer like this. Maybe you'd pray it. Father, Thank you for sending Jesus as the deliverer. Rescue me from my sin. Rescue me from the clutches of the evil one, the taskmasters that have beat on me, Lord. All the struggles of this life, I want to be free. I want to trust in the Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and took the penalty I deserve, who defeated death by rising from the dead. I believe it, Lord. I repent. Prayed if it's you. I trust you. Maybe you're a prodigal and you need to get back to walking with him and serving him, not just being a spectator. Lord, help me to walk with you. Use me in my generation. Father, for this precious congregation, thank you for the journey through the book of Exodus. We're grateful for it. And we're grateful for everything that you've taught us. I pray that the lessons will go deep into our soul. And I thank you for every blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to The Glory in the Tabernacle, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's final teaching in Exodus Chapter 40. As always, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then 
Our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, we have come to the end of the book of Exodus, and the word glory is really a word that we should take away from this book, the glory of God. A book about salvation, a book about redemption, great pictures of salvation throughout this book, great foreshadowings of the Messiah throughout the book of Exodus. And then coming to this final chapter, we see the tabernacle, we see the glory cloud, and we see the people of Israel, the people of God, uh, not moving unless it moves and staying put when it stays put. And of course, we drew some parallels to the Christian life there that as we walk by the Spirit, when he says go, we go. When he says wait, we wait. When he says don't, we don't. And when he says drive ahead, we do it. We follow his lead. He is the good shepherd. We are the sheep. He is master. We are servant. He is king. We are the citizens of the kingdom. And it has been such a delight to bring you the book of Exodus and to close it out right here on Walk in Truth. And so I want to let you know that there are portions of the book that we did not air on the radio. Those are available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And there's much more teaching there that you can access for your own encouragement and edification More in the book of Exodus that you might not have heard. You can go back and listen to the earlier messages, but much, much more, walkintruth.com. Now, you may be wondering, well, where are we going next, Pastor Michael? Well, here's where we're going, and it may be surprising to some. We are moving to the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon is a book in our Bible within the wisdom literature of Scripture, And of course, it's called the Song of Solomon because it was penned by Solomon, who penned the book of Proverbs, largely the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And when we look at the Song of Solomon, it is, we've entitled the whole series, An Invitation to Intimacy. I I think I said jokingly in the first message that this is the only book in the Bible that scares pastors more than the book of Revelation. And it does have some content that we would call explicit, perhaps, or intimate. But one thing that I I just want you to know as we air the book is we did it as tastefully and PG-13 as we could, but we did it also unapologetically. We taught the book the way the book is laid out, the way that we try to teach every book of the Bible, not apologizing for the way God designed male and female, husband and wife, and the fact that intimacy, the intimate act of sexual union within marriage, is God-ordained. So it, it, it is something that we shouldn't apologize for. And, and frankly, within the church, there's not been a whole lot of healthy teaching on this. And therefore, sometimes it leaves people with questions. We live in a world, obviously, where sexual expressions are in many ways chaotic and we've moved away from God's plan in so many different areas of life, at least in the world. But I would just challenge you, if you're a believer committed to the Lord, as we embark on this journey of the Song of Solomon, you know, it's not a very long book. We're going to explore romantic love. We're also going to explore the angle of that this is a picture of Christ 
and the church, or if you were an Israelite back in the day, of God and Israel. And so we'll take a look at that. And the goal here is to get a biblical view of love and marriage, because that's what God designed. And so we want to uh, chart out into these waters, hopefully, prayerfully, to improve marriages, to encourage you in your faith, to, to let you know that as you wait for your spouse, as you wait to consummate the relationship on your wedding night, as you preserve yourself for the one that you love, there's many reasons for that. It's the biblical model. It's God-designed. But once you are married, it's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of because God designed it both for oneness, for pleasure, and for procreation. And we'll dig those uh, topics out more as we embark on the Song of Solomon. If you have a friend who you know, maybe would be interested in this content, let them know that we're airing the Song of Solomon starting on Tuesday, May the 16th. We've called it, called it an invitation to intimacy. I pray it'll be a blessing for you. And we'll see you right here next time. God bless. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast and with the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for an important teaching series for married and engaged couples, a teaching in the book of Song of Solomon called An Invitation to Intimacy. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.